Behind the scenes, before the downbeat, there's a room backstage where magic starts to happen. The green room, the place where musicians spend those last few minutes before a concert, going over their music, warming up their fingers, changing their clothes, putting on their makeup. And then someone knocks on the door and calls, five minutes to curtain, five minutes please, and it's showtime. This is a look into the real lives of classical musicians, a show about the people behind the music. I'm Lara Downs. Welcome to The Green Room. With me this time in The Green Room, violinist Rachel Barton Pine. That word talent is always so loaded because as a good Midwesterner, I like to attribute most of what I've achieved to old-fashioned hard work. Rachel is one of the hardest working musicians in the business. Her talent, phenomenal as it is, showed up early, as talent often does. My motivation for playing music as a very young child, you know, I heard some girls playing violin in my church at age three, and it just grabbed me, and I knew that I wanted to do that, and I kept nagging my mom until she started taking me to the neighborhood teacher. Then by the time I was five, I really had come to the strong belief that this is who I am, and this is what I'm meant to do with my life, and I started signing my kindergarten papers, Rachel Violinist. But that was just the beginning. For Rachel, it's been a long and winding road. As I got to be a bit older, I definitely was motivated by the fact that our financial situation was so unstable. We were always one missed payment away from losing the roof over our heads. Sometimes our church would step in at the last minute or a relative, but it was so tenuous. Luckily, by the time I was 14, I had become advanced enough as a violinist that I was able to get what you would call grown-up freelance jobs. So, you know, I was still doing the concerto performances and the recitals and the things that I was aiming for as a concert violinist. You know, I started doing background string quartets, even a couple of strolling violin gigs, all those kinds of things to just make some money. Of course, it paid a heck of a lot more than babysitting, and and that really um, helped stabilize things in my family um, to an enormous degree. And actually, by the time I was 18, I had transitioned to becoming the family's primary breadwinner. Uh, my, My father had left the family by that point. I was responsible for my mother and two younger sisters, as well as my own personal expenses, of course. From those hard-knock beginnings, her career took off quickly, as a career can for an extraordinarily talented young musician who's also an extraordinarily hard worker. In her teens, Rachel started winning some of the world's most important music competitions. In 1991, the Montreal International Violin Competition. The next year, the International Bach Competition in Leipzig. At 17, she was the youngest violinist and the first American ever to win that gold medal. The year after that, the Queen Elizabeth competition in Brussels and the Paganini International competition in Geneva. Both the hard work and the talent were paying off, and it seemed that the hard times were finally coming to an end. Her childhood dream of being Rachel Violinist was coming true. It was almost like I had to just take a deep breath and reconnect with my original relationship with the violin that was just about music and art in its most elevated form. And then, just as everything seemed so firmly within reach, it all fell apart. One day, on her way to a teaching job out in Winnetka, Rachel was getting off the train, carrying her violin as always over her shoulder. When the train doors closed on the strap of her case, pinning her left shoulder to the train. She was dragged 366 feet before being pulled underneath and run over, 
severing one leg, mangling the other. There were multiple surgeries, painful rehab and recovery. Those dreams of hers could so easily have been dashed. But she called on her incredible work ethic and her insurmountable love of making music and fought her way back within two short years to concertizing, to life back out on the road, no matter how hard it was. And soon, out of all the pain and heartache, came something wonderful. I needed somebody to travel with me, and it really wasn't my mom's cup of tea. Plus, she needed to still be taking care of my youngest sister. And Greg was a friend from church who had just started his own computer company. And at that point, he didn't have any employees yet. It was just him and his laptop. So I said, hey, Greg, would you like to go to some exciting places like Kenosha, Wisconsin and Missoula, Montana? And he said, sure, sounds like fun. And it was so cool. It's like the the neatest story because we got along so incredibly well as traveling companions that after a couple months, we were like, why the heck aren't we a couple? And that was that. I've been on the road with Rachel. We first met and performed together in Montreal about six years ago. When you take all the minor inconveniences of travel and touring that we all deal with, and you add in the ongoing physical challenges that Rachel has dealt with ever since her accident, you get some major obstacles. But I watched her get over all of them with grace, with a deep-rooted strength, and with the immense joy she finds in making music. Music has this special power to uplift the spirit, to nurture people's souls. It has this real healing power that people need in the world. And it was my belief, and it still is, that playing music is my calling, that that's what I was meant to do with my life. There are things that seem like insurmountable barriers, and somehow if I just held on to that faith and worked as hard as I could, that things would come together somehow, even if I couldn't envision how that might be. When something terrible happens, when you walk through the fire... What do you do when you get to the other side? Maybe that's the ultimate test of strength and grace. In Rachel's case, she's built something solid out of the ashes. The Rachel Elizabeth Barton Foundation, helping young musicians whose challenges sound echoes of her own hard beginnings. I wouldn't have been able to, you know, achieve my dreams if it hadn't been for the help of many generous individuals along the way. So I figure the best way to give back to them would be to help the next generation. Essentially, we're looking at supporting poor prodigies. My foundation is a response, really, to the circumstances of my own childhood. Even with the demands of her nonstop tour schedule, Rachel is completely hands-on with her foundation. All the help that's ever come her way, now she's paying it forward, mentoring, guiding careers. With her newest recording, the complete Mozart violin concertos, performed with the legendary Sir Neville Mariner and the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields, she's given one of her young foundation recipients a big break that could send his career soaring to new heights. It's a project that's brought three generations together, turned mentors into colleagues, and heroes into friends some of my musical heroes. Of course, I grew up on their Mozart recordings. He was 89 at the time of our recording sessions and had more energy than any of us. It was unbelievable and such insights into Mozart. When I thought about who I wanted to bring on board to do the Symphonia Concertant with me, of course, there are so many fabulous violists these days, but there's a young man also from Chicago, grew up in a very similar um, circumstance to me, and his name is Matthew Lipman, and he's young violist to watch. We had played a Mozart duo, and we just really clicked. That chamber music thing that happens every once in a while, that magic that no matter how much you rehearse, you can never quite get there. It either is there or it's not. We just felt it the same way and had the same groove. 
He had never made a recording before. This is his recording debut, and he just played gorgeously. In 2011, Rachel and Greg welcomed their daughter Sylvia into their busy, roving lives. And just a few weeks later, the hardest-working mom in classical music got right back to work, true to form. Three weeks after I gave birth to my daughter Sylvia, I performed for the first time all five of the Mozart Violin Concertos in a single evening's concert. And that would have been a marathon under any circumstances, but when you're still postpartum, that was like really something else. You know, I would uh, breastfeed my daughter right before I went out on stage, and then during intermission, and then at the end of the concert right before I greeted the public, and it all, it all ended up working. And of course, they do say Mozart is good for babies to hear, and she heard a lot of it right at the beginning of her life. They all travel together now, along with a nanny, backup provisions for their family's strict vegan diet, toys, and a porta crib and a violin, or maybe two. Yeah, Sylvia started lessons in May when she was two and a half. And, you know, I didn't think, you know, I mean, I didn't start till I was three and a half. But my husband was like, oh, it's time to get her going. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But indeed, a friend of mine is a teacher of little itty bitty ones and got her up and running. And I was astonished. You know, she's learning about string crosses. She's got a great little bow hold going on and she's got all her rhythms down. And I finally got to play a duet with her a couple weeks ago. And that was just like a dream come true ever since. Since I was a kid, I imagined being a mom and playing a duet with my own child, and I did, and it was just magic. It's so cool, because I forgot. In fact, I don't think I ever realized how hard it is. God, how do we even do this, you know? And so I'm gaining a whole new appreciation for what it takes to play the violin, the amazing skill and talent. Talent, strength, grace, and hard work a potent combination that has brought Rachel out of hardship and through tragedy to triumphs and dreams and love and happiness. And she's accepted it all like a good Midwesterner with gratitude and humility and grace. Even though I'm now, you know, a soloist and I am in a different city or country every week, either as a guest artist with an orchestra wearing a glamorous gown or as a recitalist doing my own performance for a concert series, you know, I've never forgotten where I came from. I feel a real connection to the working musicians because, in a way, I'm still one of them. I just happen to wear different outfits. But, you know, it's all gigs. So from all of us who are out there on the front lines making the world safe for classical music, whether we're at home in the studio or out on the road, packing or unpacking, doing our laundry, doing our hair, doing our taxes. It's just a day in the life, and we'll do it again tomorrow. I'm Lara Downs at the piano. If you're in the audience at our next show, come backstage and see us in the green room. <laughs>